0: VHS, the show where we revisit the cinematic hits of our formative years. Each episode, we watch and discuss the top grossing film from that week 21 years prior, what's changed about our viewing experience, and what hasn't. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Cassie. Ooh. (laughs) Our movie this week is The Usual Suspects, and I'm going to do a big spoiler warning up top, because Mm -hmm. this movie's appeal depends almost entirely on a twist ending heavily so very heavily if, yeah. <laughs> um so if you haven't seen the usual suspects and you don't know the twist and you want to see and possibly enjoy the usual suspects don't listen to this episode <laughs> in fact even knowing that there is a twist may spoil it for you if you're not ordinarily inclined to be on the lookout for those <laughs> so sorry about it
1: sorry not sorry <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, The Usual Suspects originally opened in limited release on August 16th, 1995, and after garnering a lot of positive reviews, it uh, got wider release. So by the week of October 13th, 1995, it was number one in the U.S. Um, Interesting side note. So even though Seven was number one for several weeks before uh, Usual Suspects started hitting the top of the charts... um, the Usual Suspects had been out earlier that year, uh-huh. and it, and uh, Usual Usual Suspects had been getting enough buzz, particularly Kevin Spacey's performance, that mm. when Seven came out, uh, Kevin Spacey's involvement was not in the promotional materials. They wanted it to be a big surprise because if people, yeah, people were starting to recognize Kevin Spacey, and if they knew he wasn't in the first few scenes, they'd probably put it together that he was the villain. That yeah, would spoil the big reveal.
1: That's true. It definitely would have.
0: (laughs) You get all those Spacey heads going to the theater just to see him. They want to know where he is. Where the hell is Kevin Spacey? I came here for the Spacey. (laughs) Get off the screen, Brad Pitt. (laughs) I know. So The Usual Suspects eventually won two Oscars for Best Supporting Actor for Kevin Spacey and Best Original Screenplay for Christopher McQuarrie. One of those awards was more deserved than the other. (laughs) (laughs) This was the first major feature directed by director Brian Singer, and it was shot in only 35 days.
1: Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. The ensemble cast is mostly composed of character actors who were pretty much unknown at the time, including Kevin Spacey, Gabriel Byrne, Benicio Del Toro, Kevin Pollack, Chaz Palminteri... And Stephen Baldwin.
1: Stephen Baldwin, question mark? (laughs) It is Stephen, right? Oh yeah, no, it it totally is. It's just, it's clearly the one no one's heard of.
0: No, he's not though, actually. Really? Like, yeah, from the interviews I was reading with other people, it was like, um, Kevin Pollock and Stephen Baldwin were the big names that were oh. attached to it they were like oh we got like when they went to to try to get some funding they would say like Stephen baldwin's gonna do it
1: mm, 95 yeah. was a long time ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like uh kevin spacey had been in um glengarry glen ross mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. gabriel byrne had been in miller's crossing so like a f- few highly regarded pretty small time mm-hmm. movies and stigmata was, stigma- was stigmata before this? Um, I don't know
1: actually, but he was in stigmata.
0: Yes, he definitely was in stigmata.
1: That's true. <laughs> Do you want to talk about stigmata, Cassie? Someday, someday we'll talk about stigmata. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that's gonna be like three years from now. You want to hang in just mm-hmm. just so we can talk about stigmata? I'm
1: in it for stigmata.
0: Sometimes I confuse Gabriel Byrne with um. Uh, Jim Caviezel
1: yeah he's got a little Jesus-y <laughs> quality to him I oh was he was about- in Little Women too he's the oh, older, yeah, the older yeah, guy Professor yeah. Bear
0: yeah I love Professor Bear mm-hmm. except his main quality is that he's like a big bear-like older man yeah it's like oh Joe clearly has chosen like heart and intellect over looks but mm-hmm. Gabriel Byrne is a handsome man he's very handsome he's the total package I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's too bad we're not going to get to do Little Women. I would have liked that one.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: So getting back to the synopsis for Usual Suspects, here's the IMDb summary. A sole survivor tells of the twisty events leading up to a horrific gun battle on a boat, which begin when five criminals meet at a seemingly random police lineup.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I just want to start with the police lineup because okay. isn't isn't the intent of a police lineup <laughs> to line up a bunch of dudes who kind of <laughs> look the same so that the witness can pick out the one that he thinks is correct because none of these dudes look the same at all so i'm confused as to why they had them all stand like next to each other I-
0: if it can only be one of them like uh give me that fucking money uh, fucking asshole Mm. Like,
1: oh that's right they had to read a thing because it, it was mm-hmm. the voice it was his voice okay all right maybe they didn't need to make him them all stand in a row then maybe just have them sit and record something at, i don't know
0: yeah so it's like they just brought in a bunch of people who they knew to be bad dudes they brought in the usual suspects and we're like mm-hmm. oh let's just see if we can make it stick it's gonna be one of these guys probably because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know cops are always pushing their own narrative They yeah. we start with their own preconceived notions. Yes, they do. So they Plus
1: it makes a really cool movie poster.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> uh did you read that interview that I read with Brian Singer where he did say like, oh, the concept of the movie started because I had th- oh I'm sorry, my um it might be slant it might be imposing my opinion a little bit to be uh, <laughs> quoting him in that voice but <laughs> yeah. Brian Singer was like duh I had this idea <laughs> I think <And> you <laughs> might
1: give it away yeah <laughs> and
0: <laughs> it was like we're it was gonna be about a bunch of criminals all together and it was gonna be called The Usual Suspects and the movie poster was gonna be of a lineup of people
1: <laughs> it's a very
0: start- sophisticated idea
1: that's where he started mm-hmm yeah, it was a process for him.
0: The movie is told through flashbacks. It's uh, one of those movies where we open with something confusing happen and then move forward to explain how we got to that point. Like it would have been, it would have worked out really well, I think, if they had just shown in the beginning the boat exploding and sort of zeroed in on Kevin Spacey's little face mm-hmm. in the boxes and sort of done a freeze frame and then it would say like yep that's me i bet you're wondering how i got into this situation well let me tell you Mm -hmm. yeah i would like to see an edit of that
1: that sounds yeah that's a good idea i like that very
0: much (laughs) i was having to learn film editing
1: yeah I was having a really hard time seeing his little face in that shot of all the ropes and stuff.
0: So I'm still not convinced it was there. I don't know if it was. Uh, well, it wouldn't be there, would it? I don't
1: think it was. I think it was just a sh- really long shot of some ropes and stuff. And I said, like, what am I looking at here? What Am I supposed to see something? Because all I see is ropes and stuff. So, I don't know. Well,
0: yeah, that's another thing I want to get into about those flashbacks. Mm -hmm. But um, real quick, had you seen this movie way back when it came out? Mm. I did
1: not see it at all.
0: I saw it, but it was like many adult movies of the age. I saw it because my parents rented it and Mm. I was in the room when they were watching it. So Mm -hmm.
1: not really paying attention to it.
0: And even if I had been, I wouldn't have known what was going on. Mm -hmm. So all I remember about it was the end scene, specifically like the coffee cup falling on the ground the stuff Mm. that everyone remembers very dramatic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um so you watched this movie did you know about the twist before you watched it for this episode
1: i did not actually and we were we were discussing it with friends before i i watched it and one of our friends was like oh everybody knows the thing about it and i was like The thing. I don't know the thing about it. What's the thing? Oh, you didn't even
0: know there was a twist.
1: Well, no. I don't think I did. And not going into it, but as soon as the movie started, as soon as it started, I knew immediately what it was. It was painfully obvious to me. So, yeah. yeah. But Um, going into it, I had no idea.
0: So. hmm. See, yeah. When I was watching it, I... So when I rewatched it, I I remembered it as being a really good movie. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of people do. If you mention this to them, I've told a few people that were doing The Usual Suspects for this episode and they'll either say, you know, like, oh, that's a really good movie mm. or um, that's, I love that movie. That's one of my favorite movies. Oh. And I, I also remembered it as being, as being really good and smart and it has a ton of really good actors. So why wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. Uh Watching it, watching it this time, my reaction was thoroughly meh, mm-hmm. um, and mm, I think most of the movie is mediocre to poor. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I think the twist is pretty good, and I was trying to. It's impossible to know really, like if I. Didn't know what the twist was. Would I be f- able to figure it out? Mm. I, th- I think yes. Mm-hmm. If if I had no idea there was a twist, yeah. if I wasn't looking out for a twist, would I would I enjoy it?
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing. The movie kind of makes you look for the twist in it because it, yeah, it, it frames it like, uh, "Who is this guy in this trench coat?" You have to figure it out. And if you think (laughs) about it, or P.S., if you listen to his voice when he speaks, you can tell exactly who it is immediately. Oh, really? Yes. He spoke in the beginning, and I was like, that sounded like Kevin Spacey. There's no way they'd have another twist with Kevin Spacey. I think they might be having another twist with Kevin Spacey. Mm. There's a twist within a
0: twist. Mm. All right. So... We were talking about this a little bit before we actually started recording. And just to explain to everybody, Devin, you know, who was on our show last week, Devin hates this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He's grown to hate it, for sure. (laughs) And I can definitely see why he particularly, or someone who watches movies the way he does, would be especially infuriated because... This movie rewards an inattentive audience. Mm-hmm. If you're always watching and trying to figure out what's going to happen or being on the lookout for for twists or trying to trying to solve the movie, you're going to figure this one out re- really quick. Yeah. If you're not and you're just kind of zoning out, like letting it happen to you, mm-hmm. th- then it's a pretty good surprise. If-
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's hard for me to step outside of the my viewing experience. And because I'm watching it and I know Kevin Spacey's voice, I just can't not know the twist. And then once I know it, the whole shtick is kind of ruined. It,
0: it blows the whole movie if it you know really what's going to It really does. It really does. Yeah. Um... Here's what Roger Ebert said about this movie. I love it. He gave the movie 1.5 stars Ooh, and said <laughs> and s- was that an ouch for the terrible rating or an ouch? Yeah, that was an Batman. ouch. Ouch, Robert. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> and his and his uh his review says, "To the degree that I do understand, I don't care." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. That's a that's a great like,
0: great line. The the movie's got this really complex convoluted plot and ultimately it's not that important. Mm-hmm. Um so it's easy to let yourself be sort of lulled into the state of not caring about the details yep. and sort of zoom back and watch the movie from a distance and just check in every now and then like oh what's happening?
1: Hmm.
0: Oh that guy's doing that weird thing. Oh what's going on with with Verbal Kevin Spacey? <laughs> and then I guess if you're only half watching and you th- Think you know what's going on that's when it can hook you it's it's a movie for a lazy audience
1: yeah and I guess the the audience in 1995 not knowing Kevin Spacey very well could have been fooled by you know all of the red herrings that they throw at you
0: but well well I do know Kevin Spacey's voice granted I wasn't I was being a lazy audience in the very beginning of the movie and I didn't recognize Kevin Spacey's voice, but there are also a bunch of, there are also a bunch of clues that are written into the very movie that Mm -hmm. should tell you like, this is a movie you're expected to try to solve. Mm -hmm. Like the very title is the usual suspects, Mm -hmm. which right away your hackles should be up like, Oh, uh, is this going to be usual or is there a surprise of sorts here? Mm -hmm. Um, who should i be suspicious of um and it, the the movie kind of or like the i don't know the the viewpoint of the movie kind of acts like a magician that tells you exactly what he's going to do and then does exactly what he said he would do and still fools you yeah um, like verbal tells chasm palmentaries uh, police chief character um or whatever he is um, customs
1: agent of customs reason. agent yeah I, customs deals with a lot of cocaine
0: i guess i mean i guess if stuff goes wrong with boats it's customs but verbal specifically tells him like i know how cops think you decide that you know you decide what the story is and then you just you f- stick to that and you Just look for more to corroborate your story. You go with the story that's the simplest and the most obvious. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's confirmation bias, the movie. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: And, you know, it kind of sets itself, itself up that way, too, because... By saying the usual suspects, it makes you want to say, well, let me pick the guy who's not the usual suspect. Maybe the cripple. Okay. It's probably the cripple.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's the cripple. Yep. It's the narrator upon whom we are entirely dependent for the story. Right. It's um <laughs> it's the guy that we don't see when we see what everyone's doing on the boat, the one mm-hmm. guy who's always just sort of looking vaguely flushed and nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I
1: wish I could go back and watch it and not know what what's going on there because once you have a doubt of the narrator, then basically whatever he says doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean this is I think this movie is a gimmick delivery mechanism. For one gimmick and it's a decent one it's not the best but Mm. if if that's compromised yeah don't don't bother
1: yeah too bad also um were there any women in it (laughs) oh uh,
0: oh there was one
1: there was one lady there
0: was a oh what was her name Uh, plot device no no her (laughs) name was Edie Edie
1: (laughs) Uh, who's I? You know, I was watching it and I was trying to place where I knew that actress from, and I looked it up and it said Titanic. I'm like, who is she in Titanic? And I read hmm. the last name Calvert and I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I I had to actually look for a still of the character because I forgot that she existed in that movie.
0: Wait, is she Rose's mom?
1: She's Rose's granddaughter. yeah yeah yeah, in the under the sea thing that they got going on uh with Bill Paxton
0: oh yeah yeah good eye she also looked familiar to me but I thought she looked like David Bowie (laughs) and then I thought that's not Tilda Swinton is it Tilda Swinton (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: she looks a little like Tilda Swinton a little yeah um but yeah, the the absence of women is one of the bigger character problems with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um See this movie like Brian Singer was twenty-seven when he directed this movie and he co-wrote it with um Macquarie, who origin who eventually got the the Oscar for the screenplay, who was around the same age. I believe. Mm-hmm. And it reads like a movie that was written by a couple of dudes, like young dudes. Yeah. Who hadn't done a lot of writing before. It, um, it leans on male friendship as a substitute for character development. Mm-hmm. It I think. definitely does. Like any example I can think of, of like, well, what do we really know about these characters? The only time we know anything about them other than that, they are these criminals that uh, verbal presents them as is like well, uh, he's friends with the other guy, <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're friends. They work <laughs> yeah, together. Like, they were in the 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 slammer together.
0: Yeah, it's like oh uh, Benicio del Toro and and Stephen Baldwin are friends. That means that they're people with characters. They also have funny voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was
1: it, it was a little disappointing because the usual suspects should rely heavily on the characters and there's a lot of really good actors, but uh-huh. there's not a lot of good characters like Kevin Spacey's character is pretty well fleshed out kind of even though he's completely based on a lie um, and yeah. a little bit with Gabriel Byrne. But everybody else might as well just be no-face dude guy.
0: Well, yeah. The the uh, the movie gets a lot of mileage from the actors just being weird. Mm-hmm. It's like every actor is just doing their character homework. Like, they went to acting class and were told, like, look at a bulletin board and pick a word and design a character after that, which is basically yeah. where these characters are coming from. Mm-hmm. So, like... I actually wrote in my notes, like, I bet that they killed off Fenster because Benicio Del Toro got bored of being in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. It turns out it's the opposite. Like, according to uh, that interview with Brian Singer that I've been talking about, Benicio Del Toro, his character's only purpose was to die, which seems like very uneconomical story writing. Like, Mm -hmm. why put someone in and hire an actor that you have to pay for a week or so if you're just gonna kill him like why don't you kill off a character that does something else serve some other function yeah that um
1: that character did nothing but just ramble incoherently and then die so yeah (laughs) it was pretty disappointing because benicio del toro can
0: do a hell of a lot more than that yeah so apparently he was just doing that stupid stupid voice because he was so bored with this movie Mm -hmm. he's like let's see what i can get away with um, and, and Kevin Pollack, I thought was excellent too. He's got a, the, the beginning of the movie is really promising. It's like, oh, we have a bunch of excellent actors and they're both playing this weird type. I can't wait to see what happens when those characters like come in conflict and work together. And it's just, it, it stops at the, the stage of like, look at my acting, <laughs> look at all the acting I can do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I tried to look at some favorable reviews for the movie to to see it from other people's perspective, and I just don't agree with what they wrote. Like, I don't think it was particularly smart. I didn't find it entertaining because I didn't care about what happened because (laughs) the plot was all literally made up and because I didn't care about any of the characters. So kinda was really hard to find good things to say about it.
0: <laughs> but weren't you weren't you just drawn into Gabriel Burns' story of the crooked cop who Turns into a criminal and then maybe kills people, but maybe he doesn't. And then he comes out and goes straight and is dating a lady attorney and he loves her, but maybe he doesn't because he won't say it. And then also, <laughs> but maybe he was just like using her the whole time. And also he's friends with this cripple guy. Weren't you drawn into that? I wasn't. I also didn't understand at the end when,
1: well... I know why the customs agent was trying to pin it all on Gabriel Byrne, but by that point, it just—it didn't make any sense at all. Like, there was this moment where they, like, were revealing the twist: is that Gabriel Byrne is Kaiser Sose? And I'm like, Mm-mm, no,
0: that's stupid. That's not it. Eh, so. See, see, I thought that part was pretty nice. It's like, oh, it, it's. The part where it just like wraps up really nicely, like all the pieces falling into place. And I bet when people saw that for the first time, they were like, oh, oh, it all fits. What yeah. a clever, what a clever movie. All the par- all the things were there all along. Yeah, I maybe. Can, uh, yeah, sure. And they had to throw in another twist. <laughs> if if one twist is good, two twists That's are even better. <laughs>
1: Uh, Also, he's not really crippled.
0: What? (laughs) Yeah, he just walks away. Yeah, what a good, what a good actor to have acted crippled like that. Maybe
1: we're just jaded. (laughs) I think maybe, probably a little bit. (laughs) Oh, where I laughed out loud though, uh, (laughs) is when uh, uh, the character, the uh, attorney Kobayashi, was revealed. And it oh was, Jesus. It was the very Irish guy. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy's name is Kobayashi? <laughs> <Yeah>. What?
0: <laughs> no, it's not. No. Um yeah, that So I started off making fun of that and then it just got weirder and weirder because all right. I guess I guess this is a sort of brown face, but (laughs) Postlethwaite, a British actor playing someone with an Indian accent.
1: Wait, wait, what was,
0: who's Postlethwaite? Postlethwaite?
1: He was Kobayashi. Oh, that's that actor's name? Yeah. Uh,
0: Okay. Did he have brown face? I mean, he wasn't wearing the makeup, but he, um, he he had some sort of Indian or Pakistani accent. Oh, I think. And also his name was Kobayashi, Kobayashi, which, okay. It makes sense later that, uh, that verbal, like we find out that verbal just made that up when mm-hmm. he saw it on the bottom of the coffee cup. When did he but look at the bottom of the coffee cup? The whole time. Chaz Palmentary was slamming coffee. He was, Oh, he was standing above him with the bottom. Yeah. Okay. He was it. waving it right in verbal's face the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it just once you start down that rabbit hole, you have to wonder where the um this whole flashback, like whose viewpoint is that? Is that the viewpoint as um as verbal is imagining it? Like the web that he's spinning, is it what Chaz Palmentary is picturing? If that's what Chaz Palmentary is picturing, then why is Kobayashi not Japanese Uh, I don't know you just wonder where anytime there's like a fantasy or a dream sequence I want to know whose perspective it is and that's not clear yeah it's
1: not well maybe because at the end of the movie Kevin Spacey gets into a car with the actual actor yeah Kevin Kevin Spacey is imagining that guy but Mm -hmm. Kobayashi is not that obviously not that guy's real name so he just <laughs> makes up a name for this guy that he already knew that he actually works with. Question mark.
0: And Who he cares? just has the accent because it sounds cool.
1: Is that the yeah. actor's real accent? Um, I don't think so. But, hmm. you know, there was also a point where Gabriel Byrne had an accent <laughs> yeah. uh, that came and went randomly as well. I don't know if that's just because his bad.
0: Gabriel Byrne just got lazy for a little bit and was yeah. like, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to be myself today. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I also... I mean, this rang a little bell in the back of my head where, where I was like, Kobayashi. Kobayashi Maru. That's a thing, isn't it? <laughs> Star Wars. I mean, Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek. <laughs> Yep, that's the thing.
1: Brian Singer is not great. I know him best from all the X-Men movies, which I have all, I've seen all of them, except maybe one, mm-hmm. the newest one. So I'll watch them. I find them entertaining, but they're not good. They're
0: not good. He ruined those characters. Oh, <laughs> See so again, I haven't seen, I saw the first two. And then I saw the one where they go back in time to be like Muppet Baby X Men. Like <laughs>
1: oh, Muppet Baby X Men.
0: <laughs> Did he direct that one? I don't know. I don't even know.
1: Uh, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't speak critically of his other movies because it's been such a long time since I saw them. But this one. It had some good I think we should start keeping track of the uh, of the really cliched movie tropes or just like visual things mm-hmm. that we see. For instance, I, I caught a couple and uh, I know we'll see them a lot again. There's the shootout in, Indian, in an industrial space. Mm, that's I, that's popular oh yeah Mm -hmm. um and also cigarette lighting a line of gasoline Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. i feel like i've also seen somebody peeing out fire before (laughs) that happens um
0: yeah yeah. maybe this one started it maybe that was the innovate it's innovative contribution to the canon was Mm -hmm. peeing out flames (laughs) So in that interview with Brian Singer that I keep referencing, he uh, he's quoted as saying, "I think maybe we were all jacked up from Reservoir Dogs or something when they wrote it. <laughs> jacked up, yeah. No
1: shit, you were. Uh, another movie with a glaring lack of women in it, but definitely more entertaining than this movie. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and I feel like." Reservoir Dogs at least acknowledges the existence of women. It's like they might be present, not be present in this particular circle of people, but they like they have that extended conversation about waitresses. Yeah,
1: and, and to be fair, it all basically takes place in that one warehouse, so it's not like they're out and about and there's just women don't exist. It's just confined to one scene, basically.
0: Yeah, this. Yeah, this movie just sort of comes across as being written by a couple people who don't even recognize that women exist. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when... uh, Which, again, you could excuse if it's just like, these are a circle of criminals. Not a lot of them are women. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's that weird scene where Kobayashi... um, Kobayashi is blackmailing them and says something like, oh, I'll just have to kill your dad, and your uncle, and your <laughs> nephew. Like, these dudes don't even have female relatives. <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a bad.
0: very homosocial movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes downright homoerotic. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like... I'm I'm not a completely unbiased, you know, critic of this cuz I generally don't really enjoy this type of movie. But then I watched Reservoir Dogs and it's definitely not the kind of movie I enjoy. I don't even generally enjoy Quentin or Tar- Tarantino, but I enjoyed watching that movie. So, I think maybe The Usual Suspects is maybe just not
0: very good. I'm Inclined to agree (laughs) Um, and we're in the minority here because this movie has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes 96% audience rating
1: yeah they all really like it and I don't know I don't know why
0: it has its moments um it's not I mean, it doesn't offend me with its badness. It <laughs> offends me. It offends me with its complete lack of women. It offends me with its implicit, like its essential assumption that a cripple can't do anything. Hmm. Um, So I guess it does offend me. But <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I take back what I said. It's offensive. <laughs> um, So... Let's just make it formal. Would you recommend that people watch this movie? No. No. (laughs) No. No. I would recommend that if you are interested in movies about gangs of criminals who come together from different viewpoints to commit a heist, you watch Reservoir Dogs. Mm -hmm. Or if the violence doesn't appeal to you, you can watch Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) The original or the remake. (sighs) Uh, There are a lot of options out there in this genre, if that's what you want to see. So Cass, uh, take a glance at the bottom of my coffee mug and tell me what movie we're doing next week.
1: Oh, let's see. What do I see?
0: Now and then!
1: Yay! Yay! I'm excited for that one.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be cute. Mm.
1: It'll, it'll be a good change
0: of pace from Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey plays one of the girls when she's in her 40s. <laughs> <sighs> she's Thora Birch as a child and Kevin Spacey as an adult.
1: Oh, no. No. Maybe with a wig. He'd be a pretty lady, I think.
0: I don't think he would be a pretty lady at all. <laughs> I disagree with you there. We could probably find pictures of him in drag online. He does a lot of impressions. Does he? I would be a really surprised. Oh, yeah, he's a good impressionist. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Um, And, well, I mean, he managed to do that spot-on impression of a cripple. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, he did deserve his Oscar, I will say that.
0: He's a great actor, as are most of the stars of this movie. Mm-hmm. But you can see them doing good stuff in other movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at VHS Pod. VHS Pod. And we hope to see you again next week for more VHS. <laughs> Thank you.